What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. That's me, Ben. That's me. I survived the hike. You did! I'm here. I'm alive. It was it was a good good old-fashioned GMA adventure. It truly, it truly was in its most honest form uh, all the way across. So uh, if you've been listening to the last several episodes of The Pop, you know that Jay and I have been preparing to uh, summit the Linville Gorge. Oh, that. I mean, we did many summits atop the Linville Gorge. <laughs> we did. We did. I, I have to tell you. So, yeah, the past weekend, I think I think the final take ended up being two nights, 29 miles. And what was the elevation change um, gain? So, 14,000. OK, that t- right? total elevation, total change, elevation yeah. game. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, lots of lots of ups, downs all around. I, I have to tell you that um, this hike in particular, I just think is like it's it's aggressive it was it's like it's difficult and hard and it's like at every opportunity it's like hey you know what would be really fun is instead of just going from like this peak to the next peak where they're kind of like the same height is go from this peak all the way down to the bottom bottom. and then we'll go all the way to the top peak again and then we'll go all the way down again you can see this same view from like a different vantage point Although I will say that 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 is so true. It's like whenever you like driving or flying in somewhere and you can like see just like various mountain peaks, you know, there's always or, or even if you're going to like draw mountains, you know, you would you would start by going up and making like a like a triangle and then you would come down a little bit and then you make like the next smaller triangle and you come down a little bit. Yeah, and you make a tall triangle and so on. Um, it's like in the practical application of going from the, each of the tops of those triangles like to each other, it's like. You don't realize the fact that you have to go further down than than like, you know, the top of the next lowest one. Um, So, yeah, it was just like going up and down and up and down and up and down was wild. But it was also unbelievable to me how at the top of each mountain there actually was like a very distinctly different kind of view available. 
Um, so it was kind of like each one was like, you know, remarkably nicer than the one it, before. I mean, it. it was, I mean, every single view was absolutely breathtaking and they were almost like nonstop. It felt like, like you turn a corner to be like, oh man, here's an overlook. And then you get to the top of the thing. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe everything I'm seeing. And then it's like, wow, look at this big structure. And then, uh, yeah, just, just tons. I mean, we were at the top of one of them called Hawksbill that was um, like if you if you were standing on the top of it, you could literally spin in 360 degrees and see a view in literally every direction. And to say that you could see like any man-made structures at all was like you could not. Yeah. You know, it was like you were completely surrounded by like at least three miles of nature in like every direction. I, I have to imagine it's a similar feeling like if you've ever been to like the Grand Canyon, which I have not, but I would say that on top of that mountain peak was the most amount of land I think I've ever visibly been able to see with the naked eye at once. Right. Like it was just, it was, it was incredible just how massive everything seemed. Like you can even go and sit at the beach and be staring out in like a completely uninterrupted view. But like it's and, and chances are like, you know, you're seeing at that point in time as much land as humanly possible. It's just all underwater. Right. So to speak. Um, so it doesn't seem like as much to like, like visibly take in, but this, it was almost like it was commanding how much of the world I was seeing at once. And it almost made me literally feel like I needed to like, bend down and like hold on to like the ledge of the rock, even though I was like 30 feet in any direction yeah, from, from the edge. edge. Yeah. It was like, it was like, I feel like I'm going to fall off the earth. You know, like if I don't step properly, like I might like literally just fall into the air right. somehow or something. <laughs> I, it was odd how I felt like ungrounded by how massive everything around me seemed. Mm -hmm. um, but that, I thought that was a very cool kind of like in, in new nature based experience for me. Yeah. How did, how did you feel? So, uh, like I know that as we've discussed this, it, like, you know, like the, the trip pending and everything. And the fact that we were doing it again after, uh, like, uh, the other, the rest of us had done it a few, like a couple of years ago. I remember your commentary on it was like, I'm surprised you even want to do it again Yeah, because <laughs> the last time you guys went, it seemed like everybody got home and was like, well, we're not doing that again. Too hard. Yeah. Um, did we properly hype it for you? Like, like what was the, what was your experience? I mean, it was properly difficult. There's, there's no way around it. Like it is a really hard hike, um, just all around. And what, what really surprised me about it was that like the number of different ways in which it continued to be difficult in new and unexpected ways. Yeah. Yeah. You know what true. I mean? Yep. Like when you say you're going on a hike, like the number one deterrent that you assume is going to make the hike difficult is walking uphill. Yep. Like as far as almost every hike I've ever been on, that's basically what makes it quote unquote hard, but it's also sort of like the point of hiking. So it's so always sort of been like, well, yeah, I mean, walking uphill is hard, but that's what hiking is. So like, if you've already committed to going, like it's not really much of anything to complain about, right? You know, yeah. like yeah. sure. Um, some, some hills will be steeper. Some will be longer, but, um, more or less like I, I was, I was prepared for like, yeah, uphill hard. And you guys were describing it so aggressively. I was like, this is going to be probably steep uphill for lengthy time. And certainly that existed. Yes. Like there are plenty of spots where you're like, yep, 
this is just going and going and going and going and going. But you do get to the top eventually, which is fine. Um, what surprised me was the ways in which I like it felt like the trail it was able to attack you in ways that were not simply uphill. Yeah. Namely, like, I don't know, downhill. <laughs> that dude, I think this is a highly underestimated aspect yeah. of, of backpacking, probably in particular. Yeah. Which is that like when it is steep and you have a sustained downhill and you have you know, 30 pounds of pack on your back. It means that every step you take your, like the fronts of your like quads, you know, yeah. like the big <clears throat> muscles above your knee on the fronts. It's like, they are having to like stabilize all of your weight to prevent you from like falling down the hill. Yeah. And yeah, when you're, when, when you have like a one mile aggressive downhill, it can almost be more painful than the aggressive one mile uphill that brought you there in the first place yeah and it's such a weird thing because you think downhill that's going to be that's going to be the easy part and like you think it's going to be like a certain amount of reprieve and it's it's like it's not it it's like and so you're right in some ways like more painful but pain in like a different way yeah you know it's like i wouldn't say like going uphill is painful i would say going uphill is tiring yeah going downhill is physically painful like you are hurting not because your muscles are tired yeah. but because like your like joints are like slamming into the ground or weird or your feet are like up against um just really uncomfortable surfaces over and over and over and Ro- over yeah. again yeah Ro- rocks roots rocks roots uh, yeah un- like unstable lane and stuff like that um so there was that there was like also then we had this big section of trail on the second day. Well, there was a big section of trail one day that was like pure GMA, like throwback. It was just straight up waterfalling. You know, it was just hopping rocks on the river, get from here to there. That was super fun, although a little trickier because we had the big backpacks on. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. the, the idea of jumping like a like a three foot, four foot gap with your pack on is yeah. way different than how it might be if you're just out there like scampering around on the rocks having yourself yeah. a good old time oh my gosh it, it made me feel like so old at certain points i, I agree with that i agree like, with that yep. there would be parts like where like when we were kids it'd be like oh yeah or not kids like teenagers like where we'd be out there waterfalling and be like okay i need to get from this uh boulder to that little spot down there and it's just like and jump and land boom next and well, it was yeah, like <laughs> yeah let me let me back up just a tiny bit yeah. to define waterfalling in case it's like less sure. obvious to to someone who hasn't heard us tell all the GMA tales before, but uh, there was this one like river system in Roanoke where we would like go like on no path other than just the river itself and used all of the available rocks to travel our way down the river to get to like a, like a, like a waterfall that you could just like then look at. Right. There is a very easy walking trail to this exact same waterfall that we could have always taken. And instead we would always go on the rocks. And frequently this meant like you were, you know, the rocks aren't set in place so that you were able to do this. So at at times (laughs) I get creative, (laughs) right? At times as, as kids, I mean, we would literally be like running, leaping from one rock and like in the air for eight to 10 feet, hoping we would land on the other side. Right. You know, it was like, like we're, I mean, functionally doing like a long jump like you might do at like a like a like track a and track field yeah, yeah exactly except not into sand not in a controlled environment and where if you fall it's probably going to be into potentially really cold fast moving water right yeah so this was our game the game was don't fall in the water basically yeah. get from get from the top of the river to the bottom and don't fall in which more or less we normally did 
But uh, so there was a big section of the hike, uh, not like a big section, but like a a section where we were having to effectively waterfall. And it was so it felt so different, like one with the pack on because it just made like the act of like doing a, a broad jump. Um, so much harder because like, you know, you had to then carry the weight and your landing balance was so askew. Um, but even just like, um, doing like a, like a two foot jump down from something onto even what looked like a pretty flat, stable rock would be like, Oh boy, that is going to, it's really going to hurt my knees if I do that. You know? I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, granted we've been walking like downhill for hours at that point. And of course you have the back on the backpack on. So like you're landing with like the extra, like 20 to 30 pounds of weight as well. But like, even that was just like, man, the fact that I'm like really sitting here, double thinking this, like one foot jump is like, Oh, I feel so much, uh, so much older <laughs> than I, I used to. <laughs> I, I feel like it really culminated on yeah same day, second day where we were, we were out there and doing this and I think we had probably like five miles left to finish our day out and um, we all stopped and had like an Advil break on the trail. Oh yeah. Where, mm-hmm. and, you know, like the Advil break, the Advil break. Like, so Mike actually has like a fanny pack on with Advil, like within like, you know, immediate zipper reach. It's right. just like, it's like zip. Who wants one? Who wants one? And so at one point in time, yeah, we all stopped and, and took Advil, which I think probably if the pain was at like, you know, 87%, it probably brought me back down to like 63. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's the amount of available dent right. to be yeah. put into, you know, <laughs> the current aches and pains going through us. Helpful though. Yeah. So we had uphill, we had downhill, we had boulder jumping. We had probably a two or three mile section of just like, I mean, what was clearly a marked trail and that the trees were off the path and that like you could see the trail but it was like nothing but rocks and roots for over two miles if not further where like every single step involved you like thinking about exactly where you were going to place your foot so as to not roll an ankle or slide off a rock and no matter where you placed your foot you were stepping on something very hard and um, irregular, which pressed into the bottom of your foot it, in some uncomfortable way. The thing it reminded me the most of as we were doing it, because like, you know, what would really surprise me is that like as fatigued <clears throat> as I was at the end of each day, the thing that was hurting me the most was my feet. Yeah. It was just like, man, like I am like, a, what I really wanted was like a tennis ball that I could just like stand on and yeah. just like roll back and forth. But um, it reminded me of if you've ever worked like, a trade show, you know, like on a conference center floor, mm-hmm. which is usually just like a big span of like <coughs> concrete. concrete. Um, if you get to the end of the, <coughs> like a, like an eight hour day where you've done nothing but stand on concrete, like your whole body feels like you were hit with like a Mack truck. Right. And it's like, this is like that, except not like the floor, the concrete wasn't even flat. Right. You know, like in this case, it was like, it was a rock. It was a root. It may have involved like a, like a two to three foot, like step up, you know, that you had to do. So it was yeah. just, it was like, Oh my goodness. And you had the pack again yeah. on your back, just adding like an extra 30 pounds of down force into all of these particular things. So yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I wouldn't have thought just like, like rugged terrain. Like I would have thought like, Oh yeah. Hiking. Like everything is rugged terrain when you're hiking, but this was like, no, this is, this is rugged terrain. Yeah. Like you are, I wouldn't have even considered that to be like a, oh yeah, that'll eventually just get like, it'll like beat me up after a while. I was like, no, it did. So I'd never experienced that before. Um, even when we got like, we finally got past that and there was like a nice long section of just like actually open flat trail 
that was just like there you, you didn't have to worry about anything you could just go yeah which that was nice but even then it was um like when we got to that exact spot this probably was just like a timing thing but it was like we were then racing the sun down right so like even when we finally got to what was otherwise like effectively easy trail i was like well it is easy but we do needs to be moving <laughs> right yeah you don't want to set up yeah. in the dark yeah you don't want to yeah. set up in the dark or anything so it was like all right and go so that was also um that w- we had to move there and then like we had to do a river crossing at one point where it's like you couldn't just rock jump you just had to like walk through the river and that really wasn't that bad it could have been a lot worse if the water was deeper um but what it was was real cold i i you know <laughs> it was i thought this was a particularly interesting one yeah because yeah. like it was uh well it was a couple of things one is that i think you and i both became like croc oh yeah converts over the weekend (coughs) yeah um so a couple of years ago when i went i had like a pair of like choco sandals which are if you if you've ever had them before i mean you can almost hike in them on their own they're like a hiking boot sole with like straps on top um so they're really great but uh they're also quite heavy because they're made for you know that environment um and so this go around, I, I took a, um, a cue from our good buddy, Stephen from our last trip who had just brought Crocs and they're just so ridiculously lightweight that when you get to the end of your day and you get to camp and you're able to like take your boots off and just put them into anything else that's more comfortable, we put our feet into Crocs and it was like, oh, oh so much better. This And I was like, man, I don't know, like Crocs. It's interesting because I know that they're currently from like a fashion standpoint, like air quotes in. Um, and it's it's odd because like I remember when Crocs first came out and they were super popular and then they sort of became like like considered the mark of someone who has absolutely like zero fashion sense. And then they just came like rocketing back up. Crocketing. Croc. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They crocketed. Yeah. Back up. <clears throat> And um, I think the thing other than, okay, two things I was gobsmacked about. First is that like when I was going to order mine, like on Amazon was that like the, the reviews were unlike anything I'd ever seen before. There's like, (laughs) they have five stars with 340,000 reviews. That is, that is insane numbers on like the number. Cause like when you leave a review, typically it's because you were impressed with the product or you were unimpressed with the product. Right. And, yeah. but well, yeah, but like, I would even go, go so far as to say that like, like there are so many products that are good that just like people don't think to go and review because maybe it's like, maybe like it just sort of like meets expectations. Like bounty paper towels, for example, might be like a great paper towel. And if you go on Amazon, sure enough, it, it will, it will have like five star reviews. And I'm sure that millions of people have bought them, but like it probably only has like 10,000 five-star reviews, which is still a lot, a lot, but like for it to have 340,000 to me, I'm like, people must be shocked. Croc shocked. Croc shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Crocked. Crocked. (laughs) Like they put them on like to where they're like, I have to go tell people. I got it. That we're doing it right now. We're ben. doing it right it's now. It's happening. I know. We our worlds have been crocked. <laughs> our worlds have been totally crocked. Um, yeah. I man, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like ever since, I don't know when Crocs first came out. I feel like it was like right, um, like maybe like towards the the end of my high school career. Maybe. Yeah. I, I literally. I keep trying to think of like what the <clears throat> marker in my mind would be yeah I, have, um, I i don't know but i i've like forever sat on the side of 
I don't care what the reviews are. They are so hideous as to nothing could justify them. End of sentence. I, well, that's the <laughs> thing too, though, is that it's like, I think that I have been taught because I feel like when they first came out, I thought they were cool. And then it was almost like, like they became cargo shorts or even Alice and I were talking about this over the weekend because she's had a bunch of um, guys coming in for like homecoming for like yeah. tuxedos and stuff like that. And she's like, I can't tell you the number of them that have mullets. And I'm like, you know, cause I, again, and it's like, it's like, it's just, it's just back. Like they're just in again. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, man, like it's so, <laughs> I, I can't understand it, but also <laughs> like, it, like, I'm sure I'm wrong. You know, it's like, it's like, all I know is what I've been taught about this particular thing. And what I've been taught is that it's not cool, but also it's like, I'm clearly seeing now that like plenty of cool people are doing it. And it's like, well, hmm. You know? Well, well, well. Yeah, you're right. There's going to be like an entire generation of people who look back at their photos and their their kids are going to be like, I'm sorry, Dad, do you have on tall white socks, Crocs, and a mullet in this picture? <laughs> and they'll be like, it was a Yeah, like, yeah, of course I do, son. Like, and I was wearing it well. Yeah. Like, yeah. like people thought I was cool. Yeah. First of all, you don't, even, you don't even know. You don't even know. <laughs> I wonder if this is the most frustrating thing, like, about aging in any capacity yeah. it's just it's just literally the fact that like once you have lived long enough for the cycles to have gone through at least twice it's like now whenever you like witness other people who are still in the like their experience of the first cycle it's like it's like you're explaining to me that Crocs are cool again. I'm explaining to you that this has already happened once before. Right. And like, <laughs> you are not aware of the fact that three years from now, they will be out again. Be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, it's like, I mean, I suppose it's just basic wisdom. You know, I wonder at what point in time, like part of the wisdom is also just like the knowledge that it's not worth condescending the person by explaining it to them. Yeah. Right. It's just sort of like, Oh, you'll see. Like, yeah. like you'll see. There's you know, no, like, there's like, not, yeah. There's no explaining it to some people. There's no. Like, this is the thing about wisdom is that like it can no, it can no matter how much wisdom you can pass on verbally, it can often only be gained through experience. So it, even this is the frustrating half of wisdom is that, like you already know the answers. If you would just listen to me, you'd be great. But you won't, and then you'll know. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. It's like yeah, like you can you can hear like all the old <clears throat> adages and stuff like that, and it's like oh. I get it. I know. I know why this is a thing now. Mm. But yeah, until until you experience it for yourself, you just you just don't know. Yeah. So anyway, we got Crocs and (laughs) yeah. So we got Crocs and we we did our river crossing in our Crocs. Probably one of the coolest moments of my life. Yeah. Absolutely. I was just just like, man, I'm wearing. I'm in the middle of the wilderness. I'm wearing Crocs right now. My feet are frozen to the bottom of the river oh my gosh you and john and mike just like you guys got in the water and you're like it's cold and then you just proceeded onward no problem at all i was so impressed because when i stepped in the water i was like oh my god it's cold and then i took two more steps and i was like it is so cold i took like one more step i was like it's so cold I can't move. And then I was having this like giant like cycle of problems in my head. And I'm like, I can't move. And I'm like, what if I don't move, it's going to get colder. And the longer you think about it, the colder it's getting, you have got to hold it. Jonathan, you got you to move, man. You got to move because it is freezing. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> it's like, but I can't because it's so cold. Like, I can't even tell. Like, it's, you don't, you don't think about cold this way, you know? And I've experienced it like two or three times in my life where like, you are so cold. Like, that's it. Like, 
all thought has left your body. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if my feet are just more sensitive than you guys. That must be the case because I stepped in there and I was like literally frozen in like, I can't move. And like I had to like, like force of will my legs forward to like get to a rock and like just wait like 20 seconds for my feet to get all the blood to rush back into it. And then be like, okay, where's the next rock? And I would like go as fast as I could to the next one and have to like wait for the whole process to go over again. Cause I could, I was, I was dying in the river. I, I genuinely <clears throat> think cause like, I think that it was like an ignorance is bliss thing for me yeah. in particular. Like I think if you had gone first, and I was watching you have the struggle and I realized that that was something like to have, then I do think I would have been like, Oh no, <laughs> you know, but like, I, cause I even think after the fact, like once, like once we got across and you started like telling me about your experience, I was like, it was really cold. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, I was almost like, huh? What was I just like recklessly just like, like, Y'all were just going, man. Like, just straight great. Up, like hoofing it through. So I, I almost actually feel like if I were to go back and do it again, I would do worse. Mm. Like I think it was beginner's luck a little bit where it was just kind of like, okay, like we'll just cross the river. It'll be fine. I'll get to the other side. Yeah. Um, That's what I thought it was going to be like. Yeah, well, there you go. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But I was here. The water was cold and that was just yet another unexpected like, oh boy, I didn't see that coming. Uh, kind of challenge on the hike that particular day. That's true. But at least That's they have true. my Crocs on. Unlike John, who just did it completely barefoot. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, it occurred to me this morning, uh, uh, like Ethan, the, the podcast <clears throat> editor, has known us since uh, he had met our younger brother in like sixth grade. So it's been like a long time. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's actually like attended like family vacations and stuff like that with us. Yeah. So we've known him for such a long period of time. And uh, it has occurred to me that we have talked about GMA member John on so many occasions and I, it, I it, this had never even crossed my mind it could be impossible but Ethan this morning we walked in we were talk, talking about the talking about the hike and stuff he was like man I've got to meet this guy and I was like you've never met John unbelievable and it like I had like the glass shattering moment where I was like I I am so sure that based on everything we've ever told you, you do not have any idea like who John is actually like because we've told we've told all these stories about these wild antics and stuff that he's brought us on. <laughs> but he's also probably like one of the most responsible people that I know. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he's just like <laughs> like just incredibly smart and caring and nice <clears throat> and like thoughtful and like all all the like the rest of the stuff. Just when we go on adventures we push it. <laughs> this is the, this is the thing about like, this went through my brain like a, a lot on this particular trip. It was like every trip we get, like it, this always seems to be the theme of like a GMA trip is that it sort of always has to be like the next hardest thing you ever did. Yeah. And it's like, like some people, I was just like, some people just go on hikes. Some people, some just, people would just pick a hike that's like meant would to be just fun. Go ca- they'd be like, you want to go camping this weekend? Well, like, uh, I know, uh, I know like a cool trail. It's like three miles in. We'll set up camp. We'll have fun. There's like a five mile hike out. It'll be, you know, like there, there are probably a thousand hike, you know, so many hikes out there would just be like, yeah, we're just out in the woods. We're having fun. We went to the top of that mountain. Now we're camping great time it's just like like that's just that's just never how it is <laughs> yeah no i know i know we we even got to our campsite the first night and i remember uh like as we sort of like ventured down there there it's like our it, it's just the middle of the wood so i, I say campsite it's not like a like <laughs> designated space it's just a clearing in the forest uh but there happened to be one like 
30 yards past ours that a couple had already like set up their whole camp and stuff. And I remember looking down at their camp and being like, man, they've got like so much extra like equipment and stuff. And like their tent is bigger and it seems like they're cooking like a proper meal. And I'm like, man, how do they, how do they like do all this? Like, cause that's a, like, that's a ton of stuff to have gotten like out into the middle of nowhere. And so I'm just like, I'm just like, you know, flabbergasted by it. And then the next morning as we're like packing up and like doing like our hike out, we go, we were heading towards this like other peak, which meant that we actually had to go like back into, I wouldn't even call it civilization, a gravel parking lot. Yeah. Um, where it occurred to me, I was like, Oh, so like these people are not being like what they did was like not not still also like kind of extreme like they drove out into this place like out in the wilderness yeah parked in a gravel parking lot they still hiked like three and a half miles into the, the thicket woods. like into yeah. the thicket you know where they still had to carry all of the, like their stuff you right know? like it's not like it's it's not like you know um like where you like drive up to like a parking spot you open up the back of your car you pick up your 40 pound tent and you set it up eight feet like away yeah away from the car right exactly it's like you know this was still like a big thing that these people had to do but i was like and yet like they were still able to bring like numerous luxuries that like we absolutely could not carry Mm -mm. you know in our packs or anything and i was like we could just be those people. Right. <laughs> they look like they're having fun. <laughs> That's the question. This this is actually like like the um the like the the merits of accomplishment. It's it's such a funny and unusual thing because I feel like a lot of like like societally speaking, or like, like even your wife Beth right now is training for like a marathon, and it's like you're gonna go and in like endure. Like, like on purpose, you know, 26 miles of continuous running, Yeah, you know, because at the end of it, you get to be really proud of yourself. Exactly. You know, and it's like, it's interesting to me that like this, this form of, uh, like, like if you were to just go and have like the most luxurious spa day of your life, like, like while it is incredibly enjoyable, do you get to the end of that day and be ridiculously proud of yourself for doing it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know what I'm saying? It's I know like, what you mean. It's like, and yet... One of these things causes like blisters and excruciating, you know, knee pain. Mm-hmm. And like you, you probably need to like, you know, like have a, like a ther- like a, like a massage just to recover from it yeah. type of whatever. The other one is just like, I am able to go and to a place where I'm able to like feel comfortable and good and cozy and taken care of. And yeah, like one of them is considered an accomplishment and the other one is considered like the product of accomplishment maybe. Right. You know? So I don't know. It's a, uh, it's, I thought about this a lot on the trip. I was like, it's fascinating to me that, that we as humans are so drawn to these types of activities. Right. Like, it's like, it's just a question of like, what, what about it is like making the act of doing it fun for you. Like, you know, is it, is it the act of like having accomplished something hard? Is it just the act of like, yeah, we're just out in nature for the weekend. You know, we're just getting away. Right. You know, like those other people at the other campsite, that's almost certainly what it was for them. Oh, absolutely. You know? yeah. Like it wasn't like they came back. I, you know, it's not like they're coming back and it's like, how was your ring? Oh, I was, I mean, it was insane. It was so hard, you know, like right, right. we did crazy. I mean, maybe they did the next day. I doubt it based on the amount of stuff they had. Right. But yeah, that's true. <clears throat> You know, like, it's like, what, what is the amount of fun? Like what? And like, 
I, I'm not even sure. I think for you and me, like it was very like almost like accomplishment. It is like accomplishment driven. It's like now we've done it. We can say we did it. Yeah. You know, and it reminded me a lot of like, uh, I don't know, like it kind of reminds me of, like how me and Beth sometimes are at like Disney World where it's like every day at Disney World needs to be like you need to have gotten the most amount of fun out of that day as possible. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You know? yeah, it's like you're you're there at rope drop. You've got your fast passes like carefully calibrated. Right. In order to like you can do this and this and then that will open up this, which will like <coughs> get you to over here. And like, you know, you've you've mapped it. You've got reservations. You've got, you know, like all the right. All the all the various things. <coughs> Um, and it's like tiredness, forget about it. Doesn't matter. You can sleep when you're dead. You're not going to be at <laughs> Disney World for one day, okay? Right, right, right. Yes, yeah. yeah. So you you take it into the so the absolute take like it to the max, man. We're not taking breaks, you know. <laughs> well, you know, and this this occurred to me a long time ago. I remember me and you went on a canoe trip uh, with a with like a friend that we had made as we had like become professional adults out in the world and stuff like yeah. that. And I remember we like you and I got out there and I think we had to paddle something like 15 miles on the first day. And I feel like we got in the water and like hucked it. Right. You know, it was like you go as hard as you can. Right. (laughs) You get to the campsite. um, Yeah. What is the point of being on the water if not to get to the campsite? Right. But then like the our good buddy who was with us who had like organized the event. Like if you could imagine he was the type of person who would like reach forward, do a paddle stroke. And then like as he pulled back, he would like take in like a new piece of nature before he would like do another paddle stroke. Like it would be like, man, that bird right now. Yeah. Just truly, truly beautiful. Dude, we did see an eagle on this trip. I don't know if you remember that. We, okay. That was insane. <laughs> you mean the gigantic eagle that came swooping through the canyon we were in the I middle mean, of? I mean, yeah, it was while we were doing the rock jumping. So we're like at the bottom, like at the river at this like giant canyon. And like John had like gone ahead to like scope where we could do the actual river crossing and get back on the trail. And like I turn around to like tell you and Mike that John is like waving us forward. And like from behind the corner where you and Mike are, this enormous bald eagle is just taken off. And it was like, oh my, it was like right above us. It looked like it was out of a postcard or a movie or something. I mean, straight up, all of the conditions attached to like the the circumstances that we saw it under. It was like if you are a National Geographic like photographer, like the the photo that goes in the calendar could have been taken from this moment. Yeah, I you mean, know. it was it's like, and it, it it was like it was like doing a show for us. It like flew over me and you and Mike. Almost went down to exactly where John was standing. Turned around, flew back to you and me and John and Mike, and then like went and, you know then went off hunting or something. It was like, oh my gosh, what was that? It was really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Like oh. there's some. It's so weird because like like you see like when you're outside, you see like big birds frequently. Sure, but it's like eagles have such like a majesty associated with them because of their like symbol of America. And it's like, when you see one in real life, like in the wild, it is pretty epic feeling. No, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like there's, there's, uh, there's sort of like those, those common associations, like, you know, like with like the eagle as like a symbol and everything. But, but I, I agree with you. It's like when you see it in action, in actuality, it's like, there's there's no two ways about it. That was sweet. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah.
That thing just swooped. That just, whew, man, right there, right above us, man. So so cool. I don't know if you guys have ever seen an eagle. Please tell us your story. There you go. Yeah, yeah. always um, fun. In the meantime, though, I feel like we we have we have uh, we've talked a lot about the pending hike. I know that we have a lot more stories about the hike that we could absolutely tell. However, uh, Jay and I are going to be doing the live episode of the pop at GoFest here in Roanoke, Virginia on October 15th at 2 p.m. So it is a completely free uh, to attend event. Uh, Carlin Brothers Coffee will actually have a booth at the event. So if you'd like to come and get some freshly brewed Carlin Brothers Coffee yeah, or, yeah. or other merch while you're there, that would certainly be available. Uh, we'll also be just doing like a, a free to attend meet and greet after our speaking engagement. So uh, if you would like to come and check that out, it's going to be in Roanoke, Virginia on October 15th. We go live at 2 p.m. at GoFest. Uh, we will have all the information about the event in today's show notes. So be sure to check that out. Uh, and if you do attend, you will hear more about our exciting hike all about journey. about our exciting hike. Also, just, just for clarity, when Ben says it's a free event, go. it is free to get into GoFest, and then it's free to come watch us. Yes. Yes, there is no, there is no paywall anywhere at all <laughs> yes yeah 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 yeah, to- yeah so there yeah there's there's no, it's not ticketed in any way shape or form yeah. um i have i have absolutely no idea what to expect in, t- in terms of like turnout this is the only thing about it is that like whenever we've done like meetups in the past we have just like known yeah we've like sold tickets we've sold tickets so yeah. and there was like a known limit like the theater would eventually be full, full and therefore like you couldn't buy any more tickets that's it yeah so like we would know the exact number so uh anyway we'll be there we hope to see you there and we're gonna be talking more about this hike and other things too yeah and also if you want if you want to see like if other little kernels are there and you want like want to meet up together there is actually the, the, the we have not had anything to do with it but other little kernel little kernels have formed like a little discord server just for people who are coming to go fest so that they can coordinate uh, i guess meeting up with one another or whatever yeah exactly yeah so if you want to do that we'll put a link to that discord server uh in the show notes for today's episode as well perfect yeah otherwise transition transition Popcorn Culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting you know to me it was just like a rare charizard is a rare charizard like it doesn't doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded it can add huge value and then not only that but once they're graded they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab and that's where arena club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack but it's for a pre-graded card 
Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, Jay, can I tell you about my new, my, my, my wick of the peak, oh, if you will? please do, Ben. Okay, so this one, I, I think it's just, it's just interesting because I think that there's like kind of layers to it. Uh, one of the things that I've brought up on the show before is that Alice and I have been watching through the TV show uh, Love Island. Yeah. Uh, the UK version. Yeah. Which has been just 
honestly like a complete hoot and holler and good time and i have been very impressed with just like the quality of the production itself like yeah. it's it's very it's very interesting and, and we and we've super enjoyed it um but that's not really the wick of the peak itself it's it's sort of goes a little bit deeper into like i think the reason like why i actually like reality tv oh, okay which which i think is maybe interesting i mean for one for one it's like one of the conversations i always have with people about this particular thing because a lot of times i'll either tell people that like i watch these things and they'll be like oh my gosh me too it's the best and then the other people will be like oh no why would you well, and, I, and i'm like okay okay here's here's like here's the test is basically like if you have um you know your your significant other uh, you know or something and they are watching it in like the living room i dare you just to walk through the living room yeah and it's like if you can walk through and not like just immediately be like wait a second who was that and they said what I can't believe it. I know. That's ridiculous. This is, this is always how it goes. Like, even if you walk through and you're just like, oh my God, this is so stupid. Why is that person doing that? And it's like, you're already, you're already, you're, you're like, it's you like, think you're being like judgmental and you think you're being above it, but you've already been sucked in. It's like, it's like no, the answer like, is like, yeah. that's what everyone's that's what doing. Everyone yeah, thinks, it's like, man. Yeah, everybody thinks they're above yeah. it. But, but, so one of the things that I think that I have discovered about myself, about why I like to watch these things is that it's almost like social situations turned up to like, 11 yeah so like a lot of times it helps me to identify like how conflict can arise like between two people or it's almost like there's there's like these like tropes associated with like social situations where it's like you know this does like like this situation is obviously specific to this group of people and the weird circumstances associated with it but it's like but the reality of it is is that like when two people like the same person and the way that they're like insecurities manifest with one another and stuff, it's like you start to realize like that, that like that does happen out here in the real world. Yeah. Like it's like, uh, like it's like, this is an observable phenomenon. And I think because it's like such a caricature of reality, sometimes it makes it easier to start to like identify these situations and then like really take some time to spend with those situations and like, maybe like pull some actual like wisdom or knowledge about how to interact in other ways. Okay. So like in a very unexpected and odd way, maybe like I tend to feel like there's actually something to be like learned from these reality TV shows. Okay. So like what have you learned thus far watching love Island UK edition? Okay. So my, my latest observation is I've caught, I've, I've titled <laughs> this observation, just everything you do is wrong. Okay. Um, but basically it comes down to this circumstance where it's like you, you are in a social dilemma where it has devolved into a no win situation okay so frequently the example i would give from love island basically is that like in case you're unaware with the premise of the show on the on the most basic version of it it's like you've got a whole bunch of people that are like living in this villa together so it could be like six guys and seven girls or whatever the case may be but then like as the season progresses new people enter and you have to be like coupled up right with with yeah. somebody so almost inevitably like whenever somebody new enters it means that the only way for them to like to stay 
is for them to like make a connection with somebody and, and pretty much just break up what has otherwise been a like a previously formed relationship right yeah and so it's like if you enter it's like that is your objective like in order yeah. to play the game it means you're going to go and take the person you're, you're going to disrupt a couple in some capacity right and what i have observed about this is that like this this is like the rules of engagement this is like the rules of war when it comes to how the premise of all of this works and yet it also ends up being the case that like whenever someone does it that i always find that the people who are like are on the negative end of the circumstance yeah will sort of start like submitting beliefs or, or or like notions that i just would disagree with on the whole so an example might be like let's say new guy enters goes and talks to this girl who's coupled up with this guy and that guy might who has like the girl taken from him or whatever be like you know it wouldn't have been a problem if he had just come over and talked to me about it first like that's why i'm upset i'm upset because he didn't come over and talk to me about it before he did it and if he had right, done that like yeah. if he had just come and talked to me we wouldn't even be here right now. i wouldn't even be upset and it's like you have gotten so like this person is like they're, what they're really upset about is the fact that like their their circumstance got disrupted like yeah their their, their situation was the one where like the the detonation occurred. Right. And so, but it's like, there are circumstances because you know, you've watched, I've watched a couple of seasons of it now and you've seen so many people come through. And, and I even think because of the way that, um, people who on the show have watched the show and like, as it gets further into the seasons, protocols have like kind of carried over from season to season. Right. Like the, the unspoken rules are there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, now it is absolutely the case that like when people come in, they're like, Hey, I really like this girl. It's like, but they're talking to this guy. So it's like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, like I'm here. The person I've had my eye on is this person. I'm going to go and try to like, you know, tell them that I am interested. And it's like, they've gotten like really good about following yeah. the rules. But then as a result, what ends up happening is that like, inside of that conversation it's like well it was the way he said it you know it was like, like yeah you know right. like, it's like like oh yeah yeah he, so now they do come over and talk to him but it's like well he just wasn't respecting me as he spoke to me and yes right. yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah. it was the tone of voice you know or it was the like dismissal of right. whatever and or, it's like the truth is it's none of that yeah the, the truth but that's the thing it's like this is why i call it the like everything you do is wrong it's like it literally doesn't matter how perfectly <clears throat> they they go about it it's sort of like all of it will always be wrong yeah and it's like i sometimes feel like this would be like the idea or maybe like a more relatable potential example could be like running into an ex out into the wild or something mm -hmm. like that and it's like you pretty much have like let's say you like you're passing each other on the street or you're both at the same restaurant or you know find yourself in the same like social situation like invited to a party or something like that it's like one of them, one example could be like going up to this person and being like, Hey, how are you? Like, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Like, all right, take care. See you. Like, see you next time. The other is just ignore it completely. Say absolutely nothing to nothing. them. The person who is on the receiving end of that will then walk away and go and tell their friends one of two things. One of them is like completely ignored me as if I didn't even exist and we didn't date for the past blah, blah, blah. 
right right yeah. wrong or it would be like comes up to me and says hey how's it going like he didn't just break up with me three months ago right yeah you right know? like it's like, like the, yeah it's like there mm. it's like do you want me to like say nothing do you want me to come up and talk to you like it's like, like what yeah they just want you to be the villain it, it's yeah. exactly it's like what what their takeaway is i had a gut punch because i ran into somebody i didn't want to run into and I want to tell you about it. Right. And no matter what they did is wrong. Right. And so this is an interesting one for me because I feel like, uh, like as I've talked about on just so many occasions at this point, classic people pleaser, uh, which means that like, if there's someone who have like this, like negative something with, it's kind of like, it's like my brain will be like on overdrive trying to figure out like conflict resolution. It's like, how can right. I, like, how can I fix it? Or like, what can I say? Like, what can I do? And it's like, no matter what I do, it will be wrong. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what it, it's like, it will be like, it will be like in poor taste. It will be like the wrong decision and it will be like too soon. It will be too late. Like, yeah. it's like, there's no correct way to handle this situation. It's just unfortunate. You just got to sort of like understand that the person who was on the negative end of the thing is probably just not going to be pleased. Yeah. They just don't like you. I know. Yeah. But, but like, that's helpful for me to realize okay I see. Like, yeah. so this this is what this is like the like like the aha moment of it all right like it's like there's no use in going home and worrying about like how upset you made this person because the fact is there is nothing you could have done that would have made them happy right right and so for me what's helpful there though is that like i would say i'm actually somewhat okay or i would i would feel reasonably confident in my ability to react to situations where I absolutely know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's nothing I can do to change it. Yeah. You know, it's like this thing happened, the vase broke, there is no fixing it, you know? Yeah. And and it's kind of like, I can, I can be at peace with things that can't be changed. The things that cause me struggle are like, like, can I fix this? It's like, should I get some glue? Should I, should I be like glue in the, the thing? back together like, right is, is that even possible and may- maybe that's a bad example maybe it's like if the vase has been like shattered yeah i'll still think like i could maybe fix it i could probably glue it back together yeah if it was turned into literal sand yeah <laughs> it's like no there's, i can't i you can't can. i can't fix that one nope and and therefore won't dwell on it right um and so anyway that's that's basically uh my my piece of sort of uh Reality, TV, wisdom, observation applied to life psychology. Right. Just, just don't worry about it. I know. Yeah. Just just don't worry about just it. Just don't worry about it. Man, on the flip side of things, my wick, wick of the peak is just going to be the American version of the show, which just started back last night, which is uh, Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, man. Bip. Oh, yeah. Bip. Oh, my gosh. I think what's fascinating about this show, it's so funny to listen to you talk about like Love Island, which the, which Bachelor in Paradise is almost just a straight rip off of. Yeah. Just like, you have to be coupled off or you're out. <laughs> like, you must find love or you are off this island. Island. do you understand me right 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 yeah. it's like also be genuine <laughs> also just be genuine it's so interesting though here you talk about like oh yeah there's all these rules that have happened and like now people know like because so the season started last night and sure enough like 
the pat the last time they had Bachelor in Paradise, there was all this drama around like these people were talking about. They were talking to each other before they came here and like they were exchanging texts and they've already hooked up and they're just holding out for this person to get here and whatever. whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. It's yeah, like, there's right. all this like, like, oh, and they didn't tell any. It's like, it's, it's a lot of the same stuff. Like if they just told, like I didn't know that they were waiting for this person because if they had, I wouldn't have pursued them. And it is like, ever, and like you can see people coming down to the beaches here and it's like, guess what? All the rules from that are like, Everyone's very aware of the rules now. They're just like they'll come down and be like, "I'm re- I've been talking to this person ahead of time. We've been texting. I'm waiting for them to get here." Or like you know, like oh no everyone's way, very open about like yeah, I sort of been talking to this person out here. I think she's gonna be here. I hope to see her. Uh, you know, right, right, yeah. Right. So that's yep. that's, that's uh, been pretty uh, that, interesting. That is that is like one of the like I think an, an interesting aspect of this particular show is that like because they're all coming from a pool of former bachelor contestants. And because like there is such a thing as, you know, air quotes, bachelor nation, it's kind of like, I think that there's so like the, the web doesn't mean that all of the people have everybody else's number, but I would be willing to bet that anybody from any season has someone else on their season who has the other person's number to where like there's like like enough interconnectedness that like Like if you want to you could probably get someone's number right and and i think behind closed doors it's like by the time they all get there whether this is the type of thing like they all flew in on the same flight whether or not they're just literally told who else is going to be there like whether or not like they've all broken their ndas with one another and just told each other who's going to be there right it's like they all know who to expect and because they know who to expect and because this this like network of people has so much connectedness anyway it's it's not even surprising to me that like by the time they get there that it's like oh yeah like those two those two people are definitely like right you know they're they're already they're on the same page so to speak yeah but um i i suppose that's like the big difference between the the americanized bachelor in paradise version of it and then like the love island version of it where it's like you're just literally talking about someone who is coming into the show who happens to live in england right you know and it's like yeah like the bet the bet the like they're all just complete strangers going in exactly so it's like it's incredibly rare for somebody to walk in the door and anybody to have any bearing on who they are. Oh, now that you've said that out loud though, Ben, I just guarantee you that's going to start happening on that show. They're going to be like, Oh my God, I went to school with that person. Well, I will say that the season we're watching right now, there has been one instance of that exact thing. Oh my God. I went on a date with that person four years ago. Like we, yeah, yeah. That's that. That's like, mm, yeah. The more savvy the producers get, the more like drama like that they'll introduce into the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's Mm true. That's true. Yep. For sure. What's interesting to me about Bachelor in Paradise is I think it is the world's greatest example of because it is effectively the sideshow to Bachelor and Bachelorette. Yeah. Right. Like these are all the people who weren't good enough to be the Bachelor or the Bachelorette. They all got like they didn't uh, quote unquote win. They, they, They didn't make it to the very finals. They made it far enough or they were like the most had the most um fan reaction to them on the actual show right. but it is it for, is for better or worse for better or worse often worse like there's this there's one guy on the show named michael he is like he was i think from like two seasons ago he was this, everybody loved him and he eventually i think he made it to like the final four 
and eventually he like pulled himself from the show because he had this like heart-wrenching phone call with his son which they put on the show and he was just like when are you coming home like I'm you know he's like so he just like he missed him so much he had to leave and it was just like no why'd you leave so he's like one of the first people down on the beach this year and immediately it's just like you can just tell you can just tell he's getting the edit where it's just like the everyone protect this guy he's the best guy oh everyone likes it everyone else is here to party he's like you know 38 he's older than everyone on the beach right but like clearly just like the super nice sweet guy just i got my son i'm just and i'm looking for a wife you know um but so then it's like they continuously like parade girl after girl down there and you're like dude all these girls are just here to party like i'm gonna need them i'm gonna need them to bring in like a real quality actual human being to date this guy oh sure sure sure. yeah yeah yeah. like i I just want him to find love yeah i'm like look i'm I'm here i'm here for the drama believe you me (laughs) but like but also you brought michael in so now we're gonna have to do something about that i know yeah Yeah. yeah. (laughs) we have to take it seriously enough enough (laughs) yeah in order to yeah but it is to me it's such a fascinating show because it's like it is the sideshow but it is so much better than the actual show it is yeah it's it's almost like it's almost like what what previously had happened is that like bachelor bachelorette was like the big leagues yeah and then like the the farm league that sort of like formed like beside those yeah you know so it's like this is like minor leagues right and and now like you know like the idea could be like maybe maybe if like you're popular enough like in in bachelor in paradise like we'll pull you up and you'll become like the next bachelor or something like that and i do think that now it is like the 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 shape of like the feed system has changed and it's almost like bachelor and bachelorette just feed into bachelor in paradise bachelor in it's paradise. like it's like yeah god the last like uh, the last season of bachelorette they had two bachelorettes you could tell they were really trying to mix it up did not work like most boring season i've ever watched i i felt yeah. like the, i bailed on the show oh. like, because of the structure of it which was that like they yeah they, so they had the two bachelorettes yeah what were their names rachel gabby and rachel gabby and rachel okay yeah. and so on the previous season these two had like both like you know kind of come together in the face of like a really like bad and negative situation that they had been like on the receiving end of like or whatever. And I was, and, and they announced that they were going to be going and doing the bachelorette experience together. And I was like, the only way that this is okay is if they don't end up having the two girls competing with each other, because like part of what made everybody love them was like the way they were there for each other. And so I was like, so they can't be dating the same pool of guys because that would be like a problem. Yeah. You know, because then I'll like, what's then they just put the power right back in the guy's hands. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, now all of a sudden you've got like a guy who's on the show who like maybe the girl likes, but then he likes the other girl. And it's like, you can see the obvious problem that's going to form immediately. And I was like, so here's my thing. As long as they don't do that, I'm in. And then like promptly like night one, it's like, here's how it's going to work. And I was like, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. This is just, it was, it was, uh, it was not a great it was not a great setup they didn't establish rules ahead of time they were just like anything goes because that'll make crazy tv but it was just like it was so predictable how the season would go down it's like well clearly like they're each gonna both like one guy and then one guy's only gonna like one of them and then one guy's gonna be with one girl and he's gonna want to actually shift to the other side and it's like everything you thought was gonna happen played out exactly the way you thought it was gonna happen and it was just like boring to watch in the meantime yeah it was like i'm really just watching this so that i'll have more of a um, working knowledge, a working the- knowledge of the cast for Bachelor in Paradise. There you it's go. Like, and it's like it's weird that like that's true. And it's like I because like in the way they've they like ABC. This must be like ABC's 
biggest moneymaker by far is yeah. the Bachelor franchise or whatever. Because like they effectively don't want you to like go for more than a week without having an interaction with the show. Right. You know, like the Bachelor bachelorette ended last week this week bachelor paradise started it's just like you know yeah. like they're like boom not only that they're it's two episodes a week right you know going forward it's like oh my gosh it's so much it's way too much of a commitment to watch this show but also it's crazy and i can't look away it, that's yeah. the thing that's the thing it's it, it is it is so yeah i don't know um i, I have a, know. I, I have a very serious question to ask you okay do you think in the history of podcasts and keeping in mind there have probably been millions and millions of episodes of podcasts made do you think we are the first one that has ever spent the first hour the first half hour talking about nothing but like aggressive outdoor backpacking yeah and then promptly transitioned into aggressive breakdown of reality reality TV reality dating, dating shows, shows. No, I don't think it's ever happened before. <laughs> yeah, well, we are, like, I was gonna say I feel this like is are, a first. We are on like the like the freshest ground right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. like this is this is really like maybe maybe this is like the new <clears throat> format is like we we go out backpacking and whilst fireside discuss our favorite reality TV shows exactly like with the sound of the crackling fire right like, you know a little white so, noise back there for I, you exactly just mm-hmm. it's like it's calming it's peaceful yeah you can hear the coyotes howling in the background. Hey, you know what? We actually heard coyotes howling. On <laughs> I, our, know, our I know trip. we did. It was. I was like, literally, I'm laying there. So it was our first night. We like, I'm exhausted. You know, like we've we've gone all day. My feet are killing me. I'm like, you know, sweating in my sleeping bag while also like freezing with a beanie on my head and mm-hmm. you know, sort of just trying to settle in with some name of the wind playing right next to me on my. Oh phone. my gosh, that was so funny. Yeah. Uh, when all of a sudden these coyotes like maybe a half mile from us start howling. Yeah. And I'm like, all I can do is laugh Yeah, because I'm like, I'm like partially like actually scared because I'm like, man, this is like some actual wildlife. Right. It sounds like they just caught or treed something. Like, yeah. You know, they're telling their friends, maybe something it's us. The foot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yo, there's, there's like four tents over there. <sighs> um, and you know, but like i'm also sitting there like oh my gosh fun fact about coyotes we heard some we sure did it was oh my gosh and it was like it was eerie and weird and awesome yeah it was and it was like it was it was comically timed the moment the four of us got in our tents they started like howling and it was like this weird like 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 overlapping i don't know i don't even know how they would make the sound kind of howl yeah it was yeah. it was almost like they were like triangulating from like a distance from like one another and yeah it, w- it was a strange sound um but then it obviously wasn't um directed at us in any way and our um name of the wind listening which was a very funny uh situation like all like well me and me and you and mike talked about name of the wind aggressively while hiking i, I would yeah, yeah. Aggressively, <laughs> aggressively is the right word <laughs> yeah because yeah. uh, we all the three of us drove down together and i think mike just finished it and we're both like both listening to it at parts here so we were just like discussing it all the way down john has listened to the name of the wind i think twice like yeah. all the way through both books so uh good on him but he has not engaged with it the way the three of us has so he could like keep up with like what we were saying sort of but he didn't feel like he had like a ton to contribute in the ways of like oh yeah what about this obscure detail thing over here yeah yeah um, I, I, I think you could sort of see him like glaze over every time we'd be like like and then canis and who and what yeah it's like it's like it's like oh we've gone too deep we've gone, we've too, gone deep. too deep gone yeah. too deep but i think me and you and mike uh, we're all just laying in our tents with like our audible apps open, just 
you know, playing our downloaded copy of Name of the Wind from wherever we were at like, you know, two volume. So you can sort of like hear other people were listening to it, but not what the narrator was saying. Yeah. 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 So from John's perspective, so we're all in our own tents. And so from John's perspective, he's literally listening to his three friends listen to the same book at different parts at different speeds. Yeah you know, at different volumes. Mm-hmm. And so this is how like all of us were just, we're just going to sleep that night. Going to sleep that night, it was, man. It was the name of the wind. It was really great. Yep. I feel like I came up with about mm, probably another 15 name of the wind theories. Dude, we had some good ones on the drive down. I, you know what? We got Whoa. some really, we got some really solid stuff. If you are a name of the wind listener and you are, uh, want to uh, like find a way to partake in some quality name of the wind trivia. Uh, it is worth worth mentioning that Jay and I, uh, if you're familiar with the Super Carlin Brothers trivia nights that we do every other month on the Super Carlin Brothers channel, the the months in between those months, uh, we also do fandom trivia just for patrons and Discord, where we can kind of like delve into like Harry Potter only, or like like uh, actually as of the day that this episode will go live. We'll be doing um, Disney only trivia. And in a couple of months, we're going to be doing name of the wind uh, only trivia. trivia. Yeah. So um, in November for discord only. Yeah. Right? For discord only. So name of the wind vember name of the wind vember. So if you are interested in participating in that uh, and you want to head on over to Patreon at the $5 tier, you will gain uh, discord access and with that Discord access, you will then have all of the necessary uh, prompts and information in order to uh, come and participate in that particular event. We also just do lots of other really cool things uh, through the Discord, including like some of the various you know step competitions. We will frequently um, send over like bits of information about like you know which thumbnails to use for a particular video, or you know lots of lots of cool stuff. Yeah, uh, always going on inside of there. So well, in fact, even just after, if you are listening or watching watching the like live premiere of this show on YouTube right now. If you're listening to this in real time, then uh, actually today, as soon as this is over, we're going to be be doing a live Q&A with patrons uh, right here from the set. Um, yeah. over on Patreon. And that, that's another one that you gain with uh, at, at uh, any level on Patreon. Every other month we do a live Q&A with Ben and Jay uh, where you can submit questions and we will answer them. And it, it kind of ends up just sort of like forming into its own very unique and interactive episode, if you will. Yeah. Uh, because we're sort of like seeing the questions pop up in real time. There's like a chat feature. So if you just have a question that kind of comes up in response to something we say, it's a great way to ask a question there. Again, all of this is available over at patreon.com slash popcorn culture. Uh, recommend that you check that out. But otherwise, until next time, pop pop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? 
We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to trylifemd.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.